you don't mind, would you just reach over and take somebody by the hand and tell them after all I've been through, I still have my sanity. I still have my peace. And I still have my joy. Come on and bless the Lord for that, everybody. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Come on, bless the Lord. Everybody, oh, come on, come on, come on. Bless the Lord, everybody. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father God, we thank you for your manifold blessings. We thank you because you're God and beside you there is no other. We rejoice in this day. Yesterday has passed, tomorrow is not promised, but we do have here and now. And we pause just for a moment to bless your name. You've been so good to us. We say it so much until it is almost cliche. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And we thank you for this passionate, potent moment in time. Now I pray that you look on each and every one of us. Speak to our needs. Deliver us and set us free. And we'll forever give your name the glory give your name the praise we pause just for a moment to tell you thank you thank you for all that you've done thank you God when we look back in retrospect we can say for certain you brought us from a mighty long ways and we just want to say thank you thank you Jesus thank you for the ups and the downs for the smiles and the frowns for the bitters and the sweets Thank you, God. And we pray that you move in this place in a great and mighty way. On a personal note, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You're my strength. You're my redeemer. Lord, bless me to preach to listening ears and to responsive hearts and make us all better persons at the end of this day. In Jesus' name, and every glad heart said together, amen. Oh, come on, say it again. Amen. God bless you. May be seated everywhere. Jesus. 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 There is something about that name master savior jesus like the fragrance after the rain can i hear you his name is Jesus, oh Lord, Jesus, yeah, Jesus, let's let on the earth proclaim, came 
kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. But there is something I want to hear you about that bad name. Oh, kings, come on, church, kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. But there is something about that, that name. Now, it's a little early. My, my biological time clock tells me that instead of being 8.30 in the morning, it's really 6.30 in the morning. I'm from California. And it is not as cold in L.A. as it is here. And it looked like it's taken all of us a little while to warm up, but let's just, let's just say that one more time. Kings and kingdoms, can I hear you? Shall all, <laughs> yeah, pass away. But there is something about that name, yeah, kings, kings and kingdoms, I need to hear something about it, <laughs> away, oh Lord, but there is something about that, that name. Come on and bless him, everybody. Come on and bless the Lord, everybody. Come on and bless the Lord, everybody. Oh, come on, bless the Lord, everybody. There's power in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Deliverance. Somebody shout it out in the name of Jesus. for that testimony of healing. In the year of 1960, the doctors told my mother that she was going to die with cancer. She went down to 89 pounds, her hair turned white. She had a cancerous odor on her body that she couldn't stand herself. The odor was so bad that wherever mama went, she left the scent of her behind. The doctor said she was going to die. She looked like she was going to die. She had the smell of death on her. But somehow she did not believe she was going to die. She heard the word of faith. 
And everywhere she went, she went about telling people, I've been healed of cancer. Even though she was 89 pounds, even though her hair was still white, even though she had the odor, she said, I've been healed of cancer. The doctor called my father and told my father, your wife is crazy. And my father told the doctor, no, you're crazy. If she, if she has no better sense than to believe that God has healed her, I ain't got no better sense than to stand with her. Her own pastor called her up and said, Sister Black, don't be a fool. This is 1960. Medical science has not found a cure for cancer. Mama said, Reverend, all I know is you told me that Jesus Christ is the same today, the same as he was yesterday, and he'll be the same forevermore. And I want you to know that I've been healed of cancer. Well, for over a year, my mother told everybody I've been healed of cancer. One day I looked at mom and that 89 pounds turned into 99 pounds. 99 pounds into 110 pounds, 112 pounds, 123 pounds, 137 pounds. That's been over 50 years ago. The doctor died 40 years ago. The preacher died 30 some odd years ago. I talked to mama just before I left home. Ninety years old, she's healthier than I am. She walks three times a day. They say she has a little dementia, but she doesn't forget to ask me for money every Monday morning. I'm telling you, God is still in the healing business. Am I right about it? Glory to God. I don't know. I, I, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to preach. I, I feel something in this room, though. I, I feel like God is touching somebody right now. I, I said, I feel like God is delivering somebody right now. I don't want to bother nobody. I don't want to make nobody nervous. But I, I tell you what, if you can just praise him like it's already been done. If you can thank him like it's already happened. If you can just open your mouth and give him some glory, come on here, church. Hallelujah. 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 Take somebody by the hand and tell them it's already done. you may be seated everywhere to our great leader Bishop Charles Edward Blake to the first and second assistants to every general board member those 
not here and those who are here, thank God for Bishop Frank Arthur White, for Bishop J. Drew Sheard, and to all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, to Mother Rivers, and to my own bishop, Bishop Christopher Milton, it is good to be in the Lord's house again. Sometimes we say to a preacher, stand tall. Sometimes we say of a preacher, he stood tall. As you can see from a physiological perspective, I'm doing all the standing that I can. <laughs> in, in my mind's eye, I'm six feet four. In the mirror, I face another reality. But I hope to stand tall in God today, and I hope that God will stand tall in me. It is my prayer that you would pray for me and pray with me. I appreciate so much this opportunity, and I am extremely happy because my wife of almost 32 years is here. Angela Denise Black, stand, won't you? Let me let the people see who you are. That's my boo, that's my honey, and I'm glad that she's here. All right, I'm not gonna bore your patience with anything else. I wanna call your attention to the gospel according to St. Matthew, and I, I won't bother you to do anything else but once you arrive, if you don't mind, if you would just stand for the reading and the hearing of God's holy word. Matthew chapter 26, beginning at verse 36. And scripture says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. God bless, you may be seated everywhere. Uh, th there are several striking things about this story that serve to give insight to what I see as the purpose of Jesus being fulfilled. It has been said that there are two great beginnings in the life of every man who is to leave his mark upon history. First, there is the day when he is born but then there is the day when he discovers why he was born. And that's most important because to know that is to know your purpose. And to know your purpose is to be fulfilled. Well, Jesus not only knew his purpose, but he discovered it early on in life. For you remember the greatest festival in the history of the Jews was what we call the Passover. It was on that day that they celebrated their deliverance from bondage in the land of Egypt. The Passover was one of three obligatory festivals, the other two being Pentecost and Tabernacles, to which every adult male Jew who lived within 15 miles of Jerusalem was bound by the law to attend. But such was the sanctity of the Passover that Jews from all over the world gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate it. 
and some would save for a lifetime just to attend one Passover in the holy city. Well, Jesus experienced the powerful significance of that day for the first time at 12 years old. And I can imagine that while traveling from Nazareth to Jerusalem, he was probably thinking of the Passover and how God delivered his people from Egypt to place them in the promised land. And so at 12, Jesus came to Jerusalem with the most eager hopes and expectations. But once he arrived, he apparently experienced a grave disappointment by seeing some things he thought he would never see. First of all, he saw the practices of the priest as being completely distasteful. He saw holiness as something altogether different from that which God intended. He saw petty legalistic details that had nothing to do with justice, mercy, or the love of God. He heard discussions about the Sabbath law that did nothing to help heal and deliver men from the troubles and issues of life. So at 12 there at the Passover, Jesus discovered that all the paraphernalia of sacrifice was a vast irrelevance and the whole apparatus of the law a barrier to God. He saw that somewhere Jewish religion had gone wrong and had lost its way. And if sacrifice meant the giving of one's best to God, what is one's best but oneself? Here at the age of 12, Jesus saw that sacrifice had become a ritual slaughter of beasts instead of a self-dedication to God and the law, which had been meant to be the basis of a life lived in reverence to God and in respect for men and human personality had become no more than a mere collection of petty rules and regulations. And so it's clear, brothers and sisters, that he saw no need to break from Jewish religion, but rather to rediscover Jewish religion in that he did not come to destroy the law, but he understood that it was through him that the law must be fulfilled. And yet it was almost as if he heard the voice of God saying, the priests have lost me, the wise men don't know me, and the people seek me but cannot find me. And so on that day, the day of his first Passover in the temple, Jesus had a unique experience of God as his father. It seems he discovered that it was his purpose to bring men to his father and to bring his father to men. Now, Jesus had a reputation. He had a reputation for healing the sick. He had a reputation for opening blinded eyes, for unstopping deaf ears, for causing the lame to walk, causing the dumb to talk. That was all his calling card. But his primary purpose was to bring men to the Father and to bring the Father to men. Well, wait a minute now. You do remember Jesus, don't you? Uh, is there anybody here that remembers Jesus? Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, he had a reputation. He, he's the only one I know of 
who in eternity could rest in the bosom of a father without a mother and who in time could rest in the womb of a mother without a father. You do remember Jesus, don't you? He, 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 he's the only one I, I, I know of that could change the mathematics of mathematics and add by subtracting and multiply by dividing. I got to be right about it because it was this same Jesus that took a little boy's snack pack, turned it into a happy meal and fed 5,000 men plus women and children. You do, Lord help John Black to preach, you do remember Jesus, don't you? It, 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 it was Jesus who could say on my mama's side, I'm 12 years old, but on my father's side, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. On mama's side, I get tired and I get weary, but on dad's side, I'm rest for the weary. On my mama's side, I'm a little boy, I need three squares a day. I, 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 I get hungry, but on my father's side, I'm bred in a starving land. You do remember Jesus, don't you? It was Jesus that caused the lame to walk and the dumb to talk. But I stopped by to tell you all that was just his calling card. His primary purpose was to bring men to his father and to bring his father to men. Now don't relax because I'm really almost through. As I look over this crowd, I see some beautiful people out there. I, I see some anointings out there. I see some gifted folks out there. I see some that have absolutely been called and absolutely been chosen. I stop by to tell you that whatever your gift is, however anointed you are, thank God for all of that. But your primary purpose is to bring men to the Father. Lord, help me and to bring the Father to men. And so here at 12, and I, I, yeah, here, here at, at, at 12. Well, the text is really not about his first Passover, but rather his last. At, at, at 12, Jesus discovers why he was born. He discovers his purpose, but now at 33, he discovers that he must fulfill that purpose, which of course brings me to the subject at hand. I do a lot of travel by plane, and in the world of aeronautics, I'm told that every pilot learns about something known as the point of no return, where after having traveled so far, return is impossible, and going forward is a must. And once he reaches that point, there is no turning back. Well, brothers and sisters, this was equally true in every human exploit and undertaking, that there is the moment when the way back ceases to be possible and when there is nothing left but to go on. And for Jesus, that moment came in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember his betrayal had begun and the Passover had ended, and I think it's somewhat ironic that it would all end with the hymn of praise because scripture says when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So with praise in his heart and praise on his lips, Jesus goes out to face the agony of body, mind, and spirit which lie ahead. But what thunders with clarity is not so much what Jesus was getting ready to go through, but rather where he was to go through what he was to go through. They sung a hymn, Lord help John Black, and went out to the Mount of Olives, 
to settle in a private garden called Gethsemane. And there's something highly significant about Gethsemane because Gethsemane means the oil press in that it was the place where they crushed olives for the making of olive oil. Uh, God, uh, I, I think the operative word here then is crushed, showing us that there could be no other place for Jesus to be than at the place indicative of what he was to go through. It's no wonder then that at the 37th verse we see that upon entering the garden, Jesus began to be sorrowful and heavy of heart. Why? Because this was not the only place where they crushed olives to get oil from them. This was also the place where God's only son would make the decision to be crushed and bruised for you and me so that fresh oil could flow from him to all those that believe in him. And so as I prepare to make my exit, the first thing I want to tell you, I want to tell you that all of us must go to Gethsemane. All of us must go to that place of crushing, that place of agony, that place of final bruising, that place where God can finally get the glory out of our lives. Somebody's mumbling, grumbling, and complaining because of what you've had to go through. But I stop by to tell you that going through is not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a good thing, especially when God is determined to get the glory out of your life. Now, if y'all refuse to talk to me, I'll stop talking. But I believe that I'm talking to somebody that knows that you know, 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 that God absolutely has his hand on your life. And what you've had to go through up till now, good God Almighty, is nothing but God holding you in the hollow of his hand and allowing him to go through as you say, have thine own way. Have thine own way, for thou art the potter and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thine will while I am waiting, yielded and still. And I think that as we go to Gethsemane, we learn a lesson from Jesus because it's not a matter of going to Gethsemane as much as how you go to Gethsemane. Yeah. Get the picture now. The Passover has ended. The last hymn has been sung. In other words, praise has been given, yeah. which says to me that one ought not ever go to Gethsemane without first of all going with praise. Some of you can only praise, Lord help me here, after the resurrection, but you've got to learn how to praise going into the crucifixion. You've got to learn how to praise God when you're sick. I wish I had a witness here. You've got to learn how to praise God when you're broke. You've got to learn how to praise God when all is wrong. You've got to learn how to praise him anyhow. Because praise is where you get your victory. In other words, praise has been given which says one ought not ever go to Gethsemane without going with praise. And then Jesus goes to Gethsemane for one reason and one reason alone. Not just to praise, but he goes there to pray. So like the borrowed boat he used to teach the disciples how to fish, he would use this, this place. He would use this 
borrowed spot. Oh, God, help me here too. Take time to steal away and pray. And maybe that's why the old folks sang steal away. Uh, because they understood that sometimes you have to borrow from the cares and affairs of this life just to pray. And it's funny how at this night his disciples could not tarry with him one hour in prayer. But in this garden he prayed in such earnestness that sweat began to run down like great drops of blood. Ah, and Jesus there looks into the cup and uh, Lord help me here. He, he sees soldiers. It would be nice if y'all, I'm coming home. It would be nice if y'all walked me home. He, he looks at soldiers scourging and whipping him all night long. He sees nails for his hands and spikes for his feet. He sees a crown of thorns for his head. And uh, yes, 38 lashes for his back. Uh, he sees him hanging there from the sixth until the ninth hour, never saying a mumbling word until he hung his head in the lock of his shoulders. I'm walking in the front door. Come on, y'all, walk me inside. He sees himself on the cross and on the cross alone. And, 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 and I stutter sometime. And, and so he says, Father, Lord help me, if, if, if you don't mind, let this cup pass. Uh, if you don't mind, yes, let this cup pass. But then thank God he looked back into the same cup uh, and saw John Black Jr. He looked back into the same cup and saw Derek Hutchins and Eric Slack and Richard White. He looked back. I would if I could. It would be nice if somebody helped me into the same cup and said, Father. Now, I'm not going to act like this if you all act like that. Nevertheless, let your will be done. And they hung him high. Didn't they do it? And they stretched him wide. They put a crown of thorns on his head and whipped him and beat him all night long. Took him down from the cross. Laid him in Joseph's new tomb. And looked like I can hear my late mentor, the late Dr. S.C. Mitchell saying, he stepped out the back door of the body. Kicked the bottom out of the grave. Went on down below and talked to the spirits locked up in the underworld. He talked to Abraham. He talked to Isaac and Jacob. And early one morning, he saw old man Job and said, Job, you asked a question a few years ago. If a man died, if a man die, if a man die, 
shall he live again? Said I'm here to tell you that I am. I'm the resurrection. Oh, come on. I am. I am the life. Yeah. I'm he that liveth and once was dead. And then early, 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 early. I'm on a holler. Early, early. One Sunday morning, he got on up with all power in his hand. Good morning, children. I stopped by to tell you, hang on in there. Hang on in there. Don't give up. Don't turn around. God will. God will. Ah, God will. Ah, God will. Ah, God will. Ah, God Yeah! Won't it make your way for you? Yeah! Won't it break down the wall for you? Yeah! Won't it meet the need for you? Say yeah! Yeah! Ah! Lift those hands toward heaven, everybody, everywhere. Feel the Lord in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's healing in this place. There's deliverance in this place. Jesus went to Calvary so that you and I Thank God so that you and I might be healed, might be saved, might be delivered, might be set free. I feel God in this place. I feel like running from one end of this building to the next because there is, there is a deliverance here. Somebody tell him thank you. I just, I feel this in my spirit. I, I was here on last night. Glory to God. Well, first of all, I almost didn't make it here. Tuesday, my wife and I were slated to fly out at 7.20 in the morning. Instead of going to the airport, the paramedics came to my house to pick me up and take me to the hospital. I thought I was having a heart attack. And I had nothing to compare it to because I'd never had one before. But... It felt like the worst thing I had ever been through. But thank God, it wasn't a heart attack. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know what? If it was, I didn't have it. The Lord diverted it. And I came here last night, weak, and not really feeling like being here. And I almost told Bishop White, you know what, get somebody else to do this. But then I heard as I was walking out that they had announced that I was preaching. 
And I guess two or three people clapped their hands and then that gave me some joy. <laughs> that let me know that somebody wanted to hear me, so I thought I'd come on and try it anyhow. And I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I wish I had a better, a better foot to put forward. But that's not, I didn't, I didn't get up, I, I didn't say that to get the sympathy vote. I said that uh, in scripture, some got healed instantly. Come on, somebody. And some got healed as they went. Oh, God. I feel better now than I felt this morning. I felt better this morning than I felt last night. Hallelujah. And I'll stop by to tell you that somebody's being healed. Somebody's being delivered. It may be piece by piece. It may be step by step. It may be prayer by prayer. It may be round by round. But God is doing it right now. And I just... I, I feel this in my spirit. I know what it is to come to a convention and leave bills at home. I know what it is to come to a convention and leave trouble at home. I know what it is to do everything you can do to just get here. Glory to God in the hopes that something will be said. That some praise, glory to God, will go up that will help you to be delivered and set. And I feel that in this, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I want you to praise God. And it looks like the Holy Ghost is telling me to tell you to praise God as if every prayer has already been answered and as if every need has already been met. I want you to praise God like you done lost your mind. Come on, one, two, and three. Everybody all over this building. Come on, somebody. Open. Yeah, yeah, bye bye. I'm done on the bowl. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Come on here, church. Hallelujah. There it is, right there. Come on, somebody. Yay.